What's up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks. This is week 76, and you're listening to the Tailgate, where this week we'll be catching you up on all things that happened over the crazy four days of March Madness. Uh, tons of basketball to catch you up on. We've got some new NFL news to discuss, a little bit of NBA to discuss, and of course, our shot bets as always. But First, before we get into all that, make sure you are following us on Apple and Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings, and if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with the review. We always like to hear what our fans think about uh, Tailgate Talks, so get us a review. Um, Five stars, as always. We greatly appreciate it. Also, follow us on social media. You can follow our Twitter at Tailgate underscore Talks. You can follow our personals, Dustin Wimmer. 22 and myself calvin b barrett we also have a facebook and instagram facebook is where we record all of our live shows so if you ever want to get in on the action tune in there we also have a youtube channel where we post some uh, little clips from our episodes give you little bite-sized portions of our show and also you can email us at tailgate talks pod at gmail.com let's get into this week's tailgate Well, four days of college basketball are behind us. Uh, 16 games on Thursday, 16 games on Friday, eight games on Saturday, eight games on Sunday. A weekend loaded full of basketball. We have our Sweet 16 set. If you want to catch up on what we thought about Texas Tech's run to the Sweet 16, go listen to our Club Red episode where we break down all of that for you. But Dustin, while we're on that subject, let's kind of talk about the Texas Tech side of the bracket, the other games that we didn't really discuss a whole lot of, and the chalkiness of it, as always. Other parts from our West region that kind of, you know, might have been fun for you or anything like that, as Gonzaga, Arkansas, and Duke all join us in the Sweet 16 there. Yeah, it's cool to see like New Mexico State win there's your there's a 12-5 upset that everybody always looks for um we had some early upsets with them and notre dame making it memphis we said it was a coin flip last week so we weren't really surprised by that but then by the time we get to this weekend it shakes out to one two three four um we don't get lucky with the seven seed michigan state but they took you know davidson took them to the wire Gonzaga got a scare that last round against Memphis. Uh, they had to shake things back together and straighten it up to pull that out. But, yeah, eventually we end up with Duke, Gonzaga, and Arkansas. Yeah, there was a point in the uh, Memphis-Gonzaga game and Arkansas-New Mexico State game where it looked like you might be having Memphis versus New Mexico State in the Sweet 16 round. And I'm sitting here with my girlfriend, Jeanette, who is a New Mexico State alum. And we're all like, well, what happens if Tech and New Mexico State play each other? And so uh, there was that kind of opportunity. Uh, the world was introduced to Teddy Buckets, the brother of Timmy Allen, who plays at Tech, uh, Texas. Yeah. His brother, Teddy Allen, uh, went off against UConn. I think he scored like 36 or 37 points. So that was a fun game. But, yeah, there was ultimately, you know, Vermont had it close. Memphis was close, but like 
always in Tex regions, the upsets fail to deliver. And it's one, two, three, four in the Sweet 16. But let's move on. Let's go over to the South region where the one seed Arizona uh, was able to advance. This one is not as chalky. This one, if I recall, Dustin was kind of your chalky region. It ends up being uh, Arizona versus Houston and Michigan versus Villanova, Michigan, the 11 seed. So the one and two made it out, but five and 11 uh, complete that bracket. Dustin, any games that kind of stood out to you in this region, teams, disappointments? Uh, what's your kind of recap of this South region's first two rounds? It was fun to see the very first game of the tournament being upset. Michigan, number yeah. 11 over Colorado State, even though I think a lot of people bracket-wise picked that. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeding-wise, that's an upset. So it was fun, very first game of Thursday or Friday, Thursday afternoon. like lunch Yeah, Thursday, Thursday, Thursday at lunch. Already get an upset, so that was pretty cool. I think it, Houston has looked really good through their yeah. first two games. Um, better than I thought because they usually don't play anybody. Throughout the season, so that's why they're always kind of a questionable team. Yeah, and a name we're all familiar with here is playing pretty well for them. That's Kyler Edwards. Yeah, Kyler, super senior Kyler, has a lot of tournament experience um, with us. But, yeah, Arizona got a scare against TCU the other night in overtime. Uh, TCU kind of got jobbed on that last play. It was, I think, a foul, but also a flop, and maybe why they didn't call it. And also a backcourt. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty close. I couldn't really tell. Uh, maybe there's another angle that it definitely showed it, but they missed that too. And then he couldn't make the layup in dunk in time. You got to know, man, like you don't have time for that. But I think he was thinking it would be really cool if I dunked this at the buzzer. But, of course, Arizona wins that. You look if I had any others. Do you have anything good or bad from this region? You know, Michigan making it to the Sweet 16 again was a little surprising. Yeah, I thought Tennessee, had, yeah, Tennessee, I thought it played very well. Um, I didn't expect that collapse from them. Yeah, the TCU Arizona game was pretty, pretty fun. Uh, I expected TCU to kind of give them a little bit of a fits. I didn't expect them to almost be able to win that game, yeah. but uh, you know, they were up three there with seconds left, uh, and Arizona hit that three to tie it, and then from there, you know. Arizona but the other one I was kind of you know I was watching really closely in the first round was that Illinois Chattanooga game and you know Illinois almost lost that one and was almost another like Big Ten team just completely choking away uh, a high seed and and we'll get to another team that actually did do that but you know they were a team I wasn't really sure on and then them almost losing in that first round was kind of shocking Um, I guess not I don't know you had them in your final four though didn't you you had them in the final four but Apparently they can't score more than fifty four points. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of poor points showing. And then they lose with a fifty three. So poor showing from them. And like you said, that Colorado State Michigan State was a fun game to start off the tournament. It was a super back and forth game. There, Colorado State was dominating in the first half, and then all of a sudden Michigan stormed back and really haven't looked back since. But you know, your thoughts on this region moving forward with Arizona, Houston, Michigan, Villanova. Who do you see uh, fighting their way out of this region and making the Final Four now that your Final Four pick, Illinois, is out of it? Yeah, and my both Elite Eight picks are out. I had Illinois versus Tennessee. Oh, so shit, I really man. don't care. Got to completely redo this. <laughs> um, so I'm going to – I heard a really good analysis today that Arizona might have problems with Houston again. 
Yeah. Because they're very similar to what TCU is. Like they're physical, they like to rebound. And Arizona had big problems with that. Um, and I think Houston has better scores than what TCU has. So I think Houston can pull that off against Arizona. I wouldn't be surprised when them pick that. And, man, I've watched both of the Villanova games, and they're looking like Villanova of, you know, three, four, and five years ago that they're just so good and solid and don't mess up. And uh, Galepsi is – super good and talented like they always have i feel like they always have a senior guard that just yeah. handles everything and never messes up and i have them beating houston to come out of this region now i think i'm kind of with you on this one even though i had arizona originally winning the championship in my bracket i i just i haven't been super impressed with them in the tournament i thought tcu exposed a lot of things for them yep I think the Pac-12 has kind of been a little bit exposed um, this tournament. I mean, even though they only had three teams, two of them are still alive. But uh, I just I feel like Houston's playing really good basketball. I feel like I trust them a little bit more in this one. So I, I think it's going to be Houston, Villanova, and then, yeah, just Jay Wright and this Villanova yeah. team. I think they're just too too experienced they got a lot of really good solid players they they make you have to beat them and so that would be a fun elite eight matchup for sure though houston villanova so that's kind of where i see this one going to i've been impressed those two teams have impressed me the most out of this region so i just think but you know come out come out on friday or whatever day that they play and it could be completely opposite it feels like how this tournament's gone so far uh, so moving on to the Midwest region where the number one seed Kansas Jayhawks have been playing well. They find themselves in the Sweet 16 against Providence. And then on the other side, we have pretty m- complete madness with Big 12 foe Iowa State, a team that we dismantled by 30 in the Big 12 conference, making a Sweet 16 run. And then the U, Miami Miami University, making a Sweet 16 run. Dustin, basketball this was a pretty team. basketball team basketball team the U and their head coach is the former head coach of George Mason who uh, a lot of college basketball fans will remember made a final four run way back stole our hearts as an 11 seed so Dustin this was a pretty chaotic uh, region lots of upsets you had the 12 over the five what were you what were some fun games for you in this region and ultimately kind of what are your thoughts on on how this played out getting to uh, uh, this kind of crazy sweet 16 yeah, this was the Big Ten collapse region yeah. <laughs> with yeah. Iowa State taking down Wisconsin in the second round. I'm, I don't know that I'm impressed with Iowa State. I'm just more surprised that they're there, I think. Yeah. Um, playing great defense. We knew they could do that. But held Didn't score. To 49. Didn't score over 60 points in either of their games, but they're going to the but Here they are. I and wonder if course, there's a stat on like a team who scored the least amount of points to get to the Sweet 16. I wonder if they would be up there on that. <laughs> and then, of course, Iowa losing to Richmond in the 5-12 matchup that you talked about. I wanted to pick the Richmond Spiders. I think you talked me out of that one last week. Um, yeah, yeah. It's not as bad as my Kentucky talk you out of. <laughs> but Providence is hanging around. I know you don't. You didn't have a lot of faith in them. I knew they would be gritty and make it this far, but – um, and then, yeah, the bottom half of the bracket. I can't believe Miami crushed Auburn like they did. Yeah. And so, yeah, we have chaos at the bottom. And 
chalk at the top, and Kansas is going to have a hard time against Providence coming up. But, yeah, what do you think – what did you see this weekend from that bracket? Yeah, I think you summed it up with the Big Ten collapse. You know, <laughs> Iowa was the big one. They were a lot of people's, like, kind of Final Four yeah, sleepers. Yeah, I was told they were so hot coming into this. They were like, oh, they got one of the best players in the country. And then Richmond really just kind of controlled that game for the most part. And so, that you know, once again, Big Ten teams just always kind of disappoint in the tournament, it feels like, especially like the highly rated ones. You know, last year, Illinois got knocked out early. Uh, Ohio State was a two seed that lost. Yep. And this year, you, you know, you have the two of the best teams in the conference get bounced before first weekend. So, yeah, really disappointing for them. Um, I mean, you know, I'm surprised by Iowa State, like we talked about. Like, I hadn't – I wrote them off. I didn't think they had a chance. Um, you know, we dismantled them. That did not look like a good basketball team. I've said all year and they're not good. <laughs> I, I, it's bizarre. Maybe just the Big 12 is so much better that our – vision of them is kind of blurred but yeah but for me and we'll get into kind of how this goes down the stretch i think this just bracket opened up perfectly for kansas i think oh, yeah. providence will be a fight but i think they should beat them and, and i think they they have a really good path to the final four here and so you know iowa state miami is a toss-up for me um, I feel like Miami's probably the better team and should win that one. But, you know, I just don't see – I don't see Kansas not making it to the Final Four here. Of course, Bill Self does this all the time where he loses to a team he shouldn't, but things have set up perfectly for them. Remy Martin's playing really well. Uh, and, of course, you got one of the best players in all of college basketball in Akbaji. So I just see this really setting up nicely for them. Same, man. I'm coming out of this region and I don't see them stumbling yeah. now. Yeah, I don't either. So, I mean, a pretty easy one to, to cover there. But let's yeah. get into the probably the craziest region, I think, of all of them. And that is the uh, East region. Yes, the East region that had Baylor as the number one seed and saw the reigning national champions fail to make it out of the first weekend of the tournament. They lost in North Carolina. Yeah, UCLA joining North Carolina in the Sweet 16. Purdue as the highest seed that's still alive. And then the Cinderella story of pretty much all Cinderella stories, University of St. Peter's finding themselves as the 15 seed in the Sweet 16. So, Dustin, the, probably the biggest game of maybe the tournament that broke probably the most brackets, St. Peter's over Kentucky. Um, let's just kind of dive into that game, and then we'll kind of get into the rest that on the out, outskirts of that one. But – Obviously a huge one as both of us had them in our final four. <laughs> oh, of course. Why would you not take St. Peter's out of New Jersey? That uh, I didn't even uh, know they existed. <laughs> didn't know they existed. They recruit pretty much out of New York, New Jersey, and are super small. I want to find the uh, stats against Kentucky because I've seen this is probably the biggest disparity of programs Yeah. Um, ever. I think like the head coach for St. Peter's makes like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, and like Calipari's assistants make like millions oh, or yeah. something like that. It's crazy. Oh man, that's not it. But yeah, that's it's amazing that they beat probably one of the you know the biggest one of the biggest best college basketball names ever. Oh yeah, and we didn't even know they existed, and I mean. This is bigger than the UMBC 16-to-1 thing. Um, like the spending 
on both these programs, Kentucky spends 12 and a half times more for their mm-hmm. program than St. Peter's does. And that UMBC team in uh, Virginia was only like a seven or eight times difference um, there. So it's crazy that they're there. It's cool that they get to hang around and play two, four games and they pretty much shouldn't even be here. Like in the tournament. <laughs> good, yeah. good for them, man. Yeah, it's insane. And kind of just adding to that point, you know, the other 15 seeds that have won. Yeah, and they're the Peacocks, which is like one of the least intimidating mascots you can have. Uh, But, you know, the 15 seed last year, Oral Roberts, they beat Ohio State, which isn't like a, you know, a blue blood program. I'm pretty sure like some of the other 15 seeds, I think there was a Michigan State in there. So, okay, that's pretty good. But, you know, Kentucky is like the bluest of the blue bloods. Yeah, not this big time. So this is just like an absolutely crazy one for a team that literally I, everybody probably had to Google where the hell is St. Peter's um, out there with a white boy and a mustache just destroying Kentucky. You know, I was impressed watching them in that game. There was multiple times where I thought Kentucky did, you know, made the play that would finally put this game away, but they kept competing. They kept making plays, forced that overtime. Uh, which was nuts, and then go on to beat them. That was just quite the quite the fucking performance. It was, it, exactly. It, it was just insane. And so, yeah, they find themselves as uh, the third 15 seed ever to make the Sweet 16. Maybe they can be the first to make the Elite Eight. We'll see. Um, but other games from this one, Dustin, uh, that that kind of notable to you as we uh, uh, kind before we break down who's going to the Final Four from here. I think the hot streak of North Carolina has to be noted. Um, Brady Manick that we're very familiar with in the Big 12 transfer from Oklahoma has the hottest of hands in this tournament. I mean, they were going to cruise over Baylor until he got ejected for a BS flagrant two. Um, But then that's the other game that was crazy was that Baylor-North Carolina game. North Carolina is handling their Baylor's ass. Like they were up 26 or so. They were 25. And then and Brady Baylor gets injected with the BS flagrant too. And they go on a run and tie the game. And thankfully North Carolina knocks off Baylor. Like we said earlier, we don't root for big 12 teams, especially not Baylor or the team down in Austin. So that game was pretty cool. Yeah, you want well, to jump in on that game first? Yeah, that was probably one of the most exciting games in the tournament because you almost had one of the most epic collapses in oh, yeah. <laughs> not just tournament but sports history where like it was just crazy that Baylor came back and then they just get completely kind of demolished there in overtime. And like you got all the way back and then you know, you know, North Carolina was able to compose themselves and have a good overtime. And it was a ref show of all ref shows in that game too. It felt like every play we were getting stopped and reviewing. Uh, Jeremy Sohan, that Blake Baylor player who always has the different color hair, yeah. was getting into all sorts of altercations uh, throughout that game. And so just kind of uh, a gritty performance there by North Carolina. And, you know, one that, you know, didn't super shock me to see. And it was still kind of fun to watch Baylor go down like that. And, of course, the other game, we were all fans of Purdue – the other night and knocked off Texas pretty handily, man. They're just Purdue doing Purdue things. They just have massive people that play basketball for them. Well, the one big 10 team that didn't disappoint us. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God. And yeah, Uh, now 
think about the. I mean, do you have any other ones before we get into this Purdue St. Mary's matchup? Yeah, I think. I mean uh, that. Okay. That's pretty much the only games that I was really watching for. You know, Virginia Tech was a popular upset pick. They weren't able to do it, and then that path for Texas like started to open up. Where like, man, if they oh. beat Purdue. Like, oh, it's going to make me sick if they, they got kind of can Play maybe St. Peter's. St. Peter's and then North Carolina or UCLA to get to maybe the final four. I was going to make me sick. So I became a super diehard Purdue fan on Sunday night. And, you know, Jaden Ivey really just destroyed them. And that was really fun to watch. He's a really exciting player. Oh, and, yeah. uh, so it was nice to see them put it together there at the end and, and ultimately hold off Beard. And Matt Painter got his, gets his first – tournament win over beard he had lost two times so yeah i did and, like that stat that beard had a chance to beat purdue and matt painter for the third time and knocked him out of the tournament with three different teams now yeah. he was gonna be the first coach to ever do that so thank you matt painter and jade ivy we appreciate you in ways that words cannot express so yeah those were kind of the main ones for me i guess the other big highlight was the indiana cheerleaders getting the ball off the backboard that was their only performance yeah, really in that game the fact that that's their their team <laughs> their highlight clip from the tournament is pretty bad how's Sorry, jillian Dylan. doing has she recovered yet from that just massacre <laughs> Massacre by St. Mary's uh, for Indiana. But, all right, so we have a weird Sweet 16 here. Uh, the 3, 4, 8, and 15 seeds left. Dustin, who do you see prevailing and making a Final Four run here? But yeah, what I wanted to say about this Purdue-St. Mary's matchup, like, yeah, St. Mary's, you just went through Oscar Chibway and Big Bad Kentucky, and now you get 7-4 Edie and – lottery pick Jaden Ivey to play against like and you have you know 12 zero star recruits on your team so you get to play the biggest dude and one of the most athletic dudes left in the tournament um I don't see the peacocks you know flaunting their feathers after this game anymore (laughs) yeah unfortunately I don't either you know this one's a kind of tough one you know I would expect Purdue to come out on top of this one, but to me, it, it all depends on how North, if North Carolina can kind of keep this hot streak going. You know, to me, I, I think they might be the better team right now because Purdue really doesn't so. have a defense, and if they're not hitting shots, it could be tough for them. So I'm, I kind of want to go with the the North Carolina pick here to get out of this region. What about you? Yeah, I, I got North Carolina winning that UCLA game with just the hot hand. I mean, they've scored 90 points in both their games. So, I don't see them dropping off a lot from that. You know, they crushed Duke in that last home game. They've been hot for the last few weeks. Yeah. I'll take the hot hand over there. But I think Purdue is just inside, outside so much better. I mean, they got multiple big guys in Ivy. So, I think Purdue can pull this out of this region. Okay. So, Dustin going with Purdue there, and I'm going to take the eight-seeded North Carolina Tar Heels. All right, final four kind of recap. So, we've got – I've got Gonzaga, Villanova, Kansas, and North Carolina. Dustin has Gonzaga, Houston, or Villanova? Villanova. Villanova, Kansas, and Purdue in our final fours, our, you know, reworked final fours. Who do you think comes comes home with the natty now? Are you still 
leaning towards Gonzaga, has there been a team that's kind of separated themselves from you, or you still kind of see this falling the same way that you did before? Yeah, I can still get my finals matchup here of Gonzaga-Kansas. I think that Kansas-Villanova game is going to be one of the best games of the tournament, maybe the best one um, at this late in the, in the game. But I, I don't see anybody having an edge after this first weekend of games. I think, you know, this last two, four days of games was exactly what we've seen for months in college basketball and a lot of parity and no one's head and shoulders over anyone else. Um, yeah. I still think Gonzaga was just there experience with like drew timmy and the freak of uh chet holmgren and their offensive skill i think they still pull this out i did not pick them to win i i have a hard time thinking that they're actually gonna win this one i feel like i feel like this is kansas's i feel like the ball's Ooh. kind of in their court I, yeah. you know i think they've got a really good offense remy martin is coming along and been a huge piece yeah, for them like the here and, you know, of course, the way Ogbaji's been playing. And so I kind of like Kansas to maybe pull this one off a little bit more than I thought at the beginning of the tournament. And so uh, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of readjust to where I think Kansas ends up pulling this okay. one off. And so that's kind of where my head's at right now as we get ready for the Sweet 16 and Elite 8. That will – you know, cover everything on the NCAA tournament for us. Uh, any parting thoughts on it as we head into uh, uh, more madness this upcoming week? Yeah, I hope you enjoy that four or five game stretch of games. It's always the craziest sports days and weekend of the year. Now it's less games every day and round as we go. So enjoy these higher profile matchups. Um, don't have to root for your conference to win you can be totally biased just yeah. enjoy the games all right just root for great close fun exciting games unless it's texas tech root for a blowout uh, um but that'll do it for our march madness segment this week we'll catch you up on all things that happened and break down the uh, upcoming final four next week here at the tailgate uh but it is time for Another week of just kind of some crazy NFL news. So uh, let's kick it over to Dustin and catch up on the latest NFL news. Are you ready for the football? All right. The NFL free agency carousel continues. Um, I don't think there's been more than like six hours where I don't text Brooks about some kind of move where the NFL never stops going. Similar to last week, Brooks, I have a list of things. I think, obviously, you're going to want to hit on the first two or three here. And then probably the end of it, I'll just roll through. But I think the first biggest one, Deshaun Watson, is traded to Cleveland. Um, he's traded for three number ones, a three and two number fours, and then gets a new five-year, $200-plus million deal from the Browns. So they're obviously going to move on from Baker Mayfield, who – Previously, before this trade, requested to leave, and they were like, no, 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 you're not leaving. And they still haven't let him go. <laughs> um, but obviously Cleveland kind of coming under some scrutiny for this move, Most not just for going to get Deshaun Watson, but more for the big contract because of his recent history. So, Brooks, do you have any comments on Deshaun Watson to the Browns? Um, yeah, I think fuck the Browns. I think uh, 
Uh, this is becoming one of my least favorite franchises in the NFL. Real quick, real quick trip to the top of that hate list right now. Uh, I didn't appreciate how they went about it. Um, they were, you know, him end up ending up there was crazy in the first place because we were told that they were out of the competition for him. Yes. And then all of a sudden the Schefter tweet came in and was like, all of a sudden Deshaun Watson in a crazy turn of events is finally going to Cleveland. And it looks like it was because he was getting the most guaranteed money of any player ever. And, you know, I just think it's really shady of the Browns to do that. There's been tweets about they only talked with him for 30 minutes. They only talked to like three of the 22 girls. Um, They didn't do extensive research in, in this at all. They put winning uh, obviously in front of morality and, um, and I'm just not for that. I, I think that's shitty. That's one of the reasons I've never wanted Art Browles to be a head coach at Texas Tech. Uh, I would have a really hard time supporting a team that had Deshaun Watson as its quarterback. So, um, hey, if you're in the department where you don't care about who your quarterback is, you just want to win, all right, that's on you. But, you know, right. I, I have a hard time rooting for a guy who has this amount of baggage on it and, you know, you can throw whatever you want at me, but 22 is a pretty high number of people. And so I'm just not for this guy at all. I think he's a kind of a shitty human being. I don't think he deserves to be a quarterback in the NFL, but the NFL is about making money. It's about headlines and it's about throwing morality to the side. So not yeah. shocked by this, but, you know, kind of disappointed in the Browns. But, you know, this is moves that they've done before, Kareem Hunt and various others. So, yep. Well said. Um, next big move. So we talked Aaron Rodgers signed his new deal with the Green Bay Packers. And then Devontae Adams actually approved this trade. He is getting shipped to the Raiders. I heard that part of it today. So he gets traded a few days later to the Raiders for a one and a two. Uh, so the Raiders offense is loaded now. And the freaking AFC West just keeps loading up, man. Um, and then he gets also a new deal to become the highest paid wide receiver five year, $141 million, almost 30 mil a year to play wide receiver with his old quarterback in uh car out in Vegas. Um, any thoughts on Devonte Adams going to the ASC loaded ASC West Brooks? Yeah, this is kind of another shocker, but I guess he really just wanted to play with his old college buddy. That's what everything Eric keeps Carr. floating back to is he just really wanted to play with Carr again. I mean, he approved this. Like it was yeah, yeah. asked of him and he said or he suggested it, I guess. I, something like that. Yeah, he could have made more with Green Bay, but he wanted to go. They said they would match wanted, it. Yeah, he wanted to go there and I mean, maybe he's trying to get off the Rodgers train. Maybe he's trying maybe. to get off whatever that baggage is. And who knows what Rodgers is going to do from year to year. So um, I, I don't think it's the worst move ever. And if you're the Raiders, I think it's a, you know, it's great. a great move because I don't think you're getting a better quarterback than Carr. So the only way right. to help Carr out is let's get him one of the best receivers in all of the NFL. And so on their part, like, I think it was a, a risk worth taking. And that'll definitely open things up. You know, Carr had a pretty damn good season last year, despite despite losing like really a lot of weapons all year. He was throwing it to Hunter Renfro. Last year, Carr's actually really good. Um, They got Waller, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs. They're loaded on offense. Yeah, so I I like this move for them. You got to stay competitive in this crazy division right now, and I think 
you know, is a good way of doing it. And, you know, we'll see what Devontae looks like in uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, yeah. Um, it's still crazy, though, that Aaron Rodgers signed on to Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. The no third one I wanted to hit, you might chime in on Matt Ryan gets traded from the Falcons to the Colts. Now moving on. Um, no, I just, you know, what the Colts, like, recycled old QB thing that they keep well, kind of going to. Here's here's the deal with them is they're in a situation. Well, they only traded like a third round pick for them. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate. The, that's a great deal. The money, it's whatever. Mostly the Falcons are eating $40 million of dead cap, I think, over the next year or two with that. But they needed to do a complete rebuild. He was a sitting duck there, and they weren't doing anything with him like in the future. Whereas the Colts have a pretty decent roster and need a guy that's not an idiot with the football like Carson Wentz yeah. and try to get them through, manage them through games. So I think it's an improvement from Carson Wentz at least. Yeah, I think this gets them back kind of where they were when they had Phillip Rivers. Like if they get into the playoffs, it's not going to be surprising, but it's also not going to be surprising if they miss out. Yeah, and – so that kind of dominoed into Marcus Mariota to the Falcons to reunite with his former offensive coordinator. And they re-signed everybody's favorite fantasy football player from last year, Corderell Patterson. So he'll be back with the Falcons as well. So I have a big list of other stuff. Chime in if you want to stop. Yeah, just before, hey, Tom Brady's quarterbacks that he has to face, Sam Darnold, Marcus Mariota. and uh, Jameis is back Winston. with the Saints on my list. <laughs> Yeah, this is why Tom Brady came back because <laughs> now the Packers aren't that good anymore. He's got a, it's it's the Bucks and the Rams, and that's it. <laughs> um, I move, Tom. Since I'm on the Bucks, they also re-signed Leonard Fournette to, uh, recently. They got Russell Gage from the Falcons, so he's a really good number three wide receiver for them. Uh, they also traded for. Uh, Shaq Mason from the Patriots last week, so they got a good lineman for him. So yeah, the Bucks are reloaded on that end. Uh, the Rams, like I just mentioned, they signed Allen Robinson. He's going to be a good wide receiver for Matt Stafford. Um, I like that down one. The field. Yeah, they. I listened to a lot of stuff today about how that's a really good fit uh, with other yeah. receivers that Matthew Stafford's done well with. And congrats to Allen Robinson on finally having a quarterback to throw him a football. That was a big point in uh, boosting him up today was they were saying, look what he's done with the, guy, the terrible quarterbacks that he's been with. Poor guy. Jacksonville and uh, Chicago. It's like, imagine if he gets a good one. That was my first thought when I saw that. I was just like, good for him. Like, good for finally. <laughs> yeah, good for him. Um, a couple other moves. The Bills added tight end O.J. Howard. New Bucks and big time DN Vaughn Miller. So they're trying to make a big push there. Uh, the Chiefs had a Juju Smith Schuster. He's going to be an amazing number three weapon for them, I think. I mean, look at him when he was the number two in Pittsburgh, and now he's the third guy in Kansas City. I think he's the most reliable number three they've probably ever had with Pat in that group. Yeah, for sure. Jameis is back with the Saints, baby. More Jameis and crazy plays there. Little defensive one, the Vikings added D lineman Zadarius Smith. So another Packers guy leaving and going across the division. I think the Vikings are going to be pretty good next year with this team and the Packers kind of coming back down to earth. 
But something that kind of – did you have any other ones that you had written down or wanted to comment on? Um, I think the only other kind of notable one is the Rams traded Robert Woods to the Titans. Yep. Um, and that was, you know, after they got Allen Robinson, I thought – I was like, man, they're going to be loaded at receiver, and then they traded uh, Robert Woods. Yeah. So that was just kind of interesting. Yeah, I think it's a good move for the Titans to say decent, yeah, a reliable but, receiver as long as he comes back good from his injury, you know. Yeah, I think it's a good move for the Titans, only giving up a sixth round pick for that um, yeah. after they get rid of Julio to try to get a better receiver there. But I just can't believe with all these moves that all these guys going to the AFC West that the Cowboys are not trying to make a bigger push at some pieces and actually shipped out more pieces and are more average with their weapons than they were months ago. Um, and they're not really Super Bowl contenders up with the Rams and the Bucks. Like it's, it's kind of disappointing when the NFC is very, very open now. Yeah, I agree. So for now, that is all I have in the NFL. We'll be back probably next week with a whole nother list of big moves. <laughs> so first to you for NBA. NBA is quickly coming towards the end of the season and just about three weeks left in the regular season. Just going to hit on some quick things since we spent a lot of time talking about uh, March Madness this episode, so I wanted to point out a few things to watch, and we'll kind of dive into more things, uh, you know, in the next few weeks once the playoffs are uh, right around the corner. But uh, first major thing from this past week is LeBron James moved up to second all time on the scoring list, passing Carl Malone. Uh, one man left until he's at the tip top of the scoring chart. So. Uh, a big accomplishment for LeBron, who uh, right now with this shitty ass Lakers team is, you know, just trying to uh, chase some records, try to become the scoring leader, trying to uh, become this season's scoring leader as he dropped 38 on the Cavs last night to move him into, you know, number one in the league in scoring this season. Yeah, he really wants that. Yeah, he, he wants to make something out of nothing. And this season has been nothing for the Lakers, just the ultimate disaster yet. He continues to have a pretty remarkable uh, season for it being his 19th season. Any uh, thoughts on LeBron becoming the second all-time in scoring? Yeah, I think he just really wants this year's scoring title. and Not just because he wants it for himself, but I think that's also the only way he thinks his team might be able to win and get into the play-in tournament. So he's just going to score as many points as he can the rest of the season and try to get there. Score as many points as he can because Russell Westbrook is Russell Westbrook. I mean, just don't call that to his face. Uh, and then another thing to kind of watch out for here is the Boston Celtics. And I just wanted to make a note of them because we haven't discussed them yet really on the pod. But they're 21-4 and four since January 23rd. Have the league's best defense. Jason Tatum is playing MVP caliber uh, basketball. He's putting up absurd numbers right now. And if he had been doing this over the whole course of the season, he'd probably have more of a case for MVP, but he's only been doing it since, you know, January. So that's kind of taking him out of the race for it. But the Celtics coming on strong here down the stretch and definitely looking like a team that all of a sudden 
can compete for, you know, maybe a Eastern Conference title this year. So, Dustin, any quick thoughts on the Jason Tatum-led Celtics and this kind of push that they're making here in the second half of the season? Just adds to the depth of that Eastern Conference. It's really, really good this year. Yeah. And so they're going to make – they're going to cause some teams some problems come playoff time. Yeah, it's definitely a loaded Eastern Conference, especially at the top when you look at the Heat, the Sixers, the Celtics now, um, the Bucks. Uh, and, and of course, you know, you, you've got to deal with the Nets too. But unfortunate news that kind of trickled in is Ben Simmons has back spasms. So all of his sitting on the bench has really, really not helped his back. And it's got to be really tough for him. <laughs> yeah. Not even like, doing basketball activities. And so I, I was hopeful when this trade happened that, you know, by maybe now he would be back or with the team and doing stuff. And, I don't have any hope for that. So I don't know. Nets. Sorry. Yeah. I kind of starting to feel like one of those things where he might not just, uh, cons- you know, save him uh, for another year or something like that. A couple other players who have been shelved for the rest of the season. Zion Williamson. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. Shocking news there. Uh, <laughs> no, the Peltics just, or the Peltics, the Pelicans. Uh, put the news out there this week that they are indeed shutting him down for the rest of the season. I don't think anybody had faith in him coming back. Nope. It's been a really weird situation with him all season. Nobody really knows really what's going on with him. So uh, it just kind of seems like a clusterfuck situation for the yeah. Pelicans. So might as well just sit him down and we'll see kind of what happens this off season with him. And the other player that was shut down, and this is also not very shocking, but Dame Lillard, the Blazers, saying that they are shutting him down for the rest of the season, which makes sense. They're trying to tank and get draft, you know, a high draft pick to hopefully add some talent around Damian Lillard for next year. So he will be sitting for the rest of the season. And so that's kind of all I really wanted to hit on uh, this week in the NBA. Maybe next week we'll do a little more deeper dive into some teams as uh, the playoffs will be you know uh, just a couple weeks away then so that's gonna be it for our NBA segment let's uh let's go take some shots uh, let's do some shot bets we're good Shot bets for this week. We really only did one. So we tweeted two out, but I don't think I didn't end up making a pick. I got really busy with everything and I never tweeted out what my pick was going to be. I I didn't see you tweet out a pick either. Did I? For which one? For the uh, Notre Dame game. Oh, I mean, I picked us like usual. I didn't post about it, but. If y'all have been listening and watching, I haven't. I've just blindly been going with us regardless. Um, Yeah. I don't believe we covered that, if that's what we're asking. Yeah, we did not. It was a, we were eight, seven and a half, eight point favorites, depending on what book you were looking at. We won by six. We got close there to being able to cover. You can add one to my list for that. Yeah, we'll go ahead and take it. Because I was going to pick tech either way. Um, I just didn't get my tweet out out there. Um, the first shot bet was Tech versus Montana, though. This one we did live pick on the show last week. Tech was 15-point uh, favorites. Of course, we went on to blow out Montana State, doubling up that. We covered even the 30-point halftime spread that you could a live bet. 
And so uh, we both win that shot bet uh, from last week. So uh, we split the shot bets going one and one uh, with the first round win, the second round loss. So add a shot to our totals. That gets me one and Dustin up to two. Our shot bets for this week, we'll do Texas Tech first Duke in the Sweet 16 for our first one. The original line came out, and Texas Tech is a one-point favorite, Dustin. So do you want to go with that one, or do you want to wait until Wednesday until we have a closer pick? Let's wait. Just let's, wanna, wait. let's wait. All right, we're going to wait. I'm sure the line's going to be pretty similar around then. Maybe maybe just as a toss-up. So this will probably end up just being a you know uh, either a Tech or Duke pick. And our second shot bet will be an Elite Eight game. Uh, we'll probably do the Tech game if Tech finds themselves in Elite Eight. If not, we'll pick probably our most intriguing Elite Eight matchup and make that as our second shot bet. So, as always, pay attention to our Twitter accounts uh, to see what the shot bet is. Jump in on the shot bet. And as always, if you have a shot bet debt that you need to pay off, you can always do so by sending us a video, sending us a picture, or just like tweeting us, hey, I just paid off my shot bet. Anything will do. If you got debts, we're always down for you to pay them off and send them our way. Just a way for us to interact with you guys and kind of do something that's a little fun. So, Dustin, as we close this episode, do you have a final shot for us this week? Yeah, real quick, shout out to the Texas Tech wool judging team mm. for winning their second consecutive wool judging national championship. Back to back wool judging champs, Texas Tech. Way to go, guys. Texas Tech, a wool judging powerhouse, as we are in just about anything that has to do, do uh, along Damn those right. lines. So, always like a national championship. My final <laughs> shot is just going to be to. The Boston Red Sox, who signed Trevor Story to a free agency contract. Uh, and it's just basically way to go, Red Sox, on doing something. You know, everybody was just – you were just sitting here, like, looking at all these free agents get signed left and right. And it was like that meme where the guy with the stick is like, come on, do something, guys. Do something. Um, we had a pretty damn good team last year, and you have – we're one of the fucking – you know, we have one of the most money in all of MLB. You don't spend any fucking money, but – Hey, we got Trevor Story, a nice addition to an already pre-stacked offense. So um, just congratulations on making a move, Red Sox. Um, but other little baseball tidbits, if Arlie was here, Arlie uh, you know, would be dogging on him because Carlos Correa is no longer a Houston Astro. He is now a Minnesota Twin. Uh, who saw that coming? <laughs> what the fuck are they doing? Kind of oh, like the no uh, Colorado Rockies. Going full rebuild Chris mode at the trade deadline last year and then signing Chris Bryant this year. Like, what are y'all doing? Yeah. yeah. Very, some MLB teams are very bizarre. But, you know, now that the MLB is back and going to play, players are signing uh, all over the place. Uh, and so, you know, kind of interesting to watch that. But, yeah, I just wanted to shout out the Red Sox for doing one thing. Congratulations, guys. Way to work. Way to actually show up for work for once. Um, but that's all I got for you guys this week. Dustin, you got anything else you wanted to shout out before we leave? All right. Well, that will do it for Tailgate Talks for week 76. Follow the Tailgate on Apple and Spotify. Rate the Tailgate. Five stars to get into this tailgate as always. Follow the tailgate on social media at tailgate underscore talks. 
And as always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate. Peace.